This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. Don't let your children near the radio right now. Kenny's encouraging what's already, I can all, <laughs> I know it already, yeah. Gord's in a great mood. All right, he's he, he, he's he's been asking when's my hit? When am I coming on? He's been calling Graham. He's been texting me. Kenny's laughing down the line to be hey, Gord's ready. What's what did Gord say to Kenny? Now Gord's in Seattle. He he he's he's in a great mood. It must be a nice day in Seattle. An hour away from practice. Color voice of the Ottawa Senators here on TSN 1200. Gord Wilson. Hi Gord. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. How are you guys doing? Oh, yeah, good. Fine day here in Seattle. Hey, it's chilly. Gord, it's very um, yeah. you know what? I, I am concerned for your safety, so uh, you, you <laughs> called me very frantically. So just to ensure this is you, what section were your season tickets in uh, when you went to, to Red Blacks games? Double D. Okay, thank there you. We got Gord. We got Gord. Okay. Yeah. I was concerned yeah. for his safety yeah. after the phone call that you provided. <laughs> Yeah, but it yeah. sounds like I've learned a couple of things in the last couple of minutes about Gord. There you go, exactly. Yeah, but safe and sound here, back and first time at the Climate Pledge. Absolutely spectacular. It's gorgeous, actually. And you know, I watched the game last night, Seattle's game against Anaheim, and um, uh, I watched it on TV. I didn't come to the rink last night, but I did watch it on TV and looked at the rink and got a good feel for the rink. Oh, this is oh, yo, the scoreboard. The scoreboard looks angled. And that's all I thought was the scoreboard. There's two of them at either end. I think you guys have heard that. I had mm. forgotten about that, but two scoreboards, um, triangular in shape and um, hanging over uh, each team's uh, end zone. So it's pretty cool. Different, Different way of doing sure. things. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I think in having these discussions with Anthony LeBlanc um, close to a year, talking about LeBreton, right? I think isn't Climate Pledge one of the rinks that they they visited and looked at? Yeah, because it's essentially a new facility. They just kept the the, the roof off the old uh, Key Arena, picked it up, and built a new rink. I think that's right. one of the rinks they kind of looked at. They looked at the one on Long Island as well, just getting ideas, right, uh, to what to oh, do with LeBreton. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And every rink brings something different, right? And obviously, uh, the UBS Arena in uh, in Long Island is different, and and obviously very costly. This is different as well. Now they had a bit of a framework, but uh, the buffer coming in was um, saying, boy, this never gets old. And I said, what's that? And he goes, well, this drive down into the tunnel, we go underneath everything that was a parking lot once before. And uh, so it was a pretty big dig and a pretty expansive um, uh, uh, build here, obviously, in Seattle for this building, for sure. And and just speaking of the the team that plays in the building, you mentioned you watched their game last night, but you think about the uh, the game that we saw at Canadian Tire Center, where where Seattle uh, just absolutely dominated the Sens, especially five on five. And as Lady mentioned earlier, that's kind of what uh, sped up the conversation in this market about the lack of five on five scoring for the Senators. Uh, yeah. How how good do they need to be tomorrow? Not only against a really good team, but to bounce back from what happened on Monday night. Well, they need a bounce back. There's no question about that because what happened Monday on the 5 nothing loss was just downright ugly. And I think, Steve, it might have been you who said shades of November's Ottawa Senators. I think you had tweeted that out and couldn't agree more. I mean, that's that's the team just looked discombobulated uh, from the second period on. I didn't think the first period was all that bad. They had outshot 
um, the Hawks 12 to three, I think, but still we're on the wrong end of a one nothing score. I honestly do think that if Claude Giroux had put the puck in the net instead of off the crossbar uh, on a great scoring opportunity, I think things would have changed. The complexion of the game would have changed. Um, the way that the Senators would have played would have changed. But when they started to chase the game, they started to do an awful lot of cheating. And you just can't have that. When you've got 40 minutes left and you're down by one, you know, cheating cannot be accepted. And they did a lot of it. So they got what they deserved because of how they they played. And not to discredit Chicago. I mean, they played like they want in the NHL. Those players want to be in the NHL. They played like Ottawa has played the last couple of years in the month of March. And so um, they got what they deserved. They're going to have to bounce back big time. It'll be interesting to see um, if Cam Talbot is on the practice ice this morning. Um, if uh, Matt Sogard gets the call, if he does, he's going to find out at least by today and not find out day of game like he did on Monday. And um, that'll be a little bit more fair to him. But the team certainly, and to a man after the game, Everybody went up to Mads and said, this is not on you at all. Despite giving up the five, um, he played pretty well. Um, do you have a feel on Cam Talbot? I'm asking you that because Dave Poulin was there the other day, and he was on with the guys this morning, and Dave was intimating he thought maybe there's a chance it's not that bad with Cam Talbot. So because well, I, I don't, yeah. these are important games. It would be nice to have him around and available to play some games, if not tomorrow in the relatively near future. How do you? Do you have a feel, Gord, about the injury? Well, I, I, I agree with Dave in that I watched him. I was on the air with you guys in Chicago Monday afternoon watching yeah. him for their, their morning skate. And he, there was nothing that gave me the indication that, uh, and look, I didn't watch him leave the, the, the rink, but obviously something bothered him uh, enough to the point where um, – uh, he wasn't good enough to go. There was something on the Saturday night game, and you may have, again, pointed this out, Steve, um, uh, in your Twitter. There was something in the game uh, on Saturday night where he lost his balance a little bit or caught an edge, and he twisted awkwardly, which would indicate to me that that might have been the tweaking uh, portion of uh, the injury. And so uh, the fact, though, that he did skate, uh, on Monday morning was a good sign, obviously, but obviously not good enough to go here. So we'll get a better indication here right now. I can tell you that the team, uh, the ice is fresh and ready to go. Alex DeBrinkett and Drake Batherson have just brought out a bucket of pucks. and um, well, they're, uh, going early. Yeah, they're out early, yeah, for sure. So um, I think the scheduled time now is one um, thirty your time, 10.30 our time. Aha, uh-huh. there we go. Yeah, okay, so we're not that far away. Yeah, I'll get a better indication of whether uh, Cam is going to participate or not. Just make sure that uh, Sun's audio comes in uh, maybe 201, right, uh, Gord? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Just looking out for my buddy Kenny Walls here today. Um, yeah. No, but in all seriousness, uh, I just wanted one more from me back on, on Monday. What You were in the scrums. How would you feel the, the feeling was with uh, the players in the group and I personally liked the way Brady uh, Brady Kachuk handled it. Uh, what was your thought on on just listening to to everyone involved speak after that loss? Well, obviously they have to own up, right? They know it was on them. Uh, that was a game that they needed and, or or should have won, and they didn't. And they didn't didn't not because of Chicago's outstanding play. I don't think. And again, not to take anything away from Luke Richardson and how he prepared his team, but 
the team that was winning five in a row going into that game, playing a team that had lost four in a row, didn't play its best game. And um, as I said earlier, they deserved what they got. So the feeling was, oh, my goodness, um, what a letdown here after the five games that we've just played or the types of games we've just played to win five in a row. That's a major letdown here, major individual and team uh, disappointment without question. So, again, looking for a bounce back and um, they're going to be in tough because they know how good Seattle really is. And they found out how good Seattle really was back in early January when they lost 8-4. Do you think this team is, um, I think I know the answer because they already kind of went through this mentality. Um, it was a bad night on the out-of-town scoreboard <laughs> for the most part, Gord. Um, yeah. but, and just not paying attention to that at all. Um, you know, it, it's going to be so fluid night to night. Um, yep. There's still plenty of hockey left here. It's okay for us. I'm watching. I know fans are watching, and you're thinking, well, that, that didn't go their way this night. Uh, but there was a time earlier this season where I think everybody on that team, the coach admitted it, that maybe you got a little too paying attention to, you know, where you are rather than what's in front of you. Yeah, probably a good uh, excuse. Uh, no excuses, though, really. Um, they They just can't do that. They just have to, and Steve, how many times have we talked about this since really December or January that they cannot focus in on things that are out of their control, um, and that is um, other team scores and the standings. Right now, they can control what they can control, and they have to win games to continue to do that. Um, the fact that, you know, okay, it's, it, it's interesting because um, the Senators lose to Chicago, Buffalo loses uh, that night or the was it last night or Monday night? I think they yeah, it was the Monday night they lost. Yeah. yeah, they lost that game. And I went in looking at the schedule going, okay, and it was the Islanders, right, Graham? Um, they lose 3-2. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's a good score for Ottawa. Well, I had mentioned that to somebody, and um, somebody said, well, Buffalo's not going to get in anyway. We want to keep the Islanders closer. So, um, uh, th- th- you know, we'd rather stay real close to the Islanders than to Buffalo. Uh, so. You can look at it many different ways. Um, the bottom line is um, you're out of it, and you need to win games to get into it, and you can't lose games like Chicago's. Obviously, everybody is hoping for wins. They're not wanting losses, but the loss does allow potential changes because you don't want to change too much on a five-game winning streak. Do you think right. we see Patrick Brown? Do you think we see Jake Chikrin taking more regular minutes with, with somebody else? Because DJ did say... On the trip, he'll he'll transition into a, a more regular top four role. And I know yeah. it's all about minutes, but I, in terms of regular partner five on five, do you think that we could see some shuffling? I, I think so, and I think it's worthy of that right now. Obviously, when you do lose and you, you end a, a losing streak, you don't want to panic. I think the loss in Chicago tells us one thing. You're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. So they just got to get back to it, and I don't think the coach will want to make wholesale changes. But that being said, um, this is practice number one, essentially, for Patrick Brown as a member of the Senators. He took part in the morning skate in Chicago. I think I don't think he'll be part of the change just yet. I think we may see him, though, on the weekend in either Vancouver or uh, Calgary. Uh, Vancouver, possibly a better scenario because he'll get a chance to practice again with the team on Friday and on another morning skate tomorrow uh, here in Seattle. Uh, so um, I, I would eliminate him from change for tomorrow night's game. I wouldn't think, though, that uh, Nick Holden is going to sit another game. My guess is that Holden comes in for Eric Branstrom uh, tomorrow night. 
Um, and as far as pairings are concerned, uh, we saw a, a mix and match throughout the game the other night. Um, and I'm guessing that that scenario will probably continue here. Dean will be tweeting out the uh, Senators' combinations, pairings and, and line combinations here as practice gets underway, and players are starting to file out onto the ice now. So going to start a little earlier than anticipated, which is, uh, which is good news. Well, the last time we saw Seattle play Ottawa, they put a whooping on the Sens back here in Ottawa and scoring a ton of five-on-five goals. They're only All two eight. points at... Yeah, they're, they're, they're only two points out of top spot in the West, and it, it's a really nice story. It's a second-year team here, Gord. Um, yeah. As you're doing your prep to, to watch the Kraken again here, you know, what are you seeing from this group? And this, this, this could be a team that could be the top team in the West by the end of the season. Well, it's depth as much as anything. It's, well, I, I, to me, that's the bottom line here. They've got 13 guys. They lead the NHL uh, with uh, 13 players who have scored 10 or more goals. I think there are 16 on this team that have 20 or more points. That, too, leads the National Hockey League. It's all about depth. Um, they're getting unexpected offense from defense. Uh, Jamie Alexiak had his ninth goal the other, last night, scored his ninth of the season. I don't think he's had more than three in a year, so that's been obviously a huge plus. It's funny because their goaltending is sub-900. Combined, Grubauer and Martin Jones have a combined uh, save percentage of under a thousand or under 900 so they are getting it done offensively by committee i think they're fifth in the league if i'm not mistaken as far as goals for are concerned um and it's all by committee jared mccann having a career year with 31 goals but i'll tell you what this is just a a, a real solid team and i can uh, it's funny because they didn't make a move ron francis didn't make a move at the trade deadline and he was asked why not and he said because you can bring a new player into the lineup, and it can change the complexion of and the chemistry in the locker room, and and it can do it quickly. Um, so we've got a team, as basically he said, we've got a team here that we believe in. This is a team that has worked as a team uh, to um, get to where they are, and you know their leading point producer at the time of his injury, Andre Burakovsky, uh, is expected back sometime in April. And that could be the trade, basically, that this team needs. Uh, they're missing their top well, uh, their top point producer and have been for a while. And uh, he's apparently week to week with an undisclosed injury. Um, he's expected back, though, before playoffs start. And that, obviously, is the goal of the Kraken. Another thing about them, Steve, their consistency. Um, they lose three games in a row and they have a bad taste in their mouth. They go out on the road and win four straight. Uh, they'll come into tomorrow night's game, winners of five in a row, including four straight on the road. Uh, they've got 21 wins on the road, and that's the best in the NHL. So that sums up what I think about the Seattle Kraken. They, and, you know, I had a off-the-record comment with DJ, a uh, conversation with DJ yesterday, and he said, this is a team that is for real. Simple as that. I don't know if you've uh, noticed it. Like, it, I'm sure it's difficult more difficult to notice when you're in the 400s calling the game than than watching on TV. But one thing I noticed last year, uh, and a little bit this year, but last year Seattle Kraken players were all over Stutzla for for the diving. Um, re- really throughout the game, like you could hear the yapping, you can you could see the chirping, and they were really targeting them. I noticed back at, at Canadian Tire Center too. There was I I was there, so I couldn't see on TV, but you could you could see that there was maybe. Uh, a focus on on finishing checks on him and everything. Have you have you noticed that, or have you you talked to Stutzler or any anything else about that in terms of obviously? I think now Stutzler's kind of 
emerged even more as like a superstar player here. Uh, so, but is that something that he's noticed or have you noticed that could get under his skin perhaps in a, an opponent like these Kraken? Well, you know what? It's interesting that you bring this up because every team will game plan, right? What I have noticed is the reaction you get from Tim Stutzla. He's just bigger and stronger. It's just as simple as that. He's going to draw the attention because he wants the puck and he has the puck an awful lot. To me, his ability to stay on his feet has been the biggest difference for me in watching Tim evolve here, his ability to stay on his feet. He's now developing that man strength uh, of being able to hang onto your stick, being able to lean on your stick. He now goes into corners big, digging for, for, for pucks and comes out winning more battles than he loses and winning more battles than he's lost over the last couple of seasons. It's all about experience. It's all about strength and commitment. And I think we all saw how hard he did work uh, in the off season when he was sending videos, training videos and things like that. Um, he's just bigger and stronger. And he, he knows that the attention is going to be there. And why wouldn't it be? He's, he's a bona fide star in this league. All right, we'll leave it there, Gord. How many goalies on the ice right now, Gord? Just Mando, just uh, Kevin Mandolazy, and um, yeah, um, so waiting for one, if not two, still to come. So I'll just be refreshing my Twitter feed for the next eight minutes or so. Yep, absolutely. Dino, you know what? I'm sitting in a section all by myself. I have no idea where Dean is. How come Dean doesn't, like, bark and yell and clap and sing when you're on the the call, but you do when he does? He's not as happy as I am. (laughs) And... um, uh, Sogard has just uh, entered the playing field. Okay. So, there we yeah, go. There you go. Yeah. Up to the minute ahead of practice from Gord Wilson at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. Uh, enjoy it, Gord. Welcome. We'll be waiting patiently for your sound a little bit later on. Uh, more yep. updates throughout the drive this afternoon, and uh, we'll follow along with Dean updating our Twitter feed at TSN 1200. Thank you, Gord. Sounds good, Stephen. I'm going to give you a call a little later, Steve. Just uh, accept the voicemail. Don't answer my call. I just want to leave you a message. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Can, you, so- can you get me back again? Because I, uh, I would like that in voicemail form. Okay, I'll call it. <laughs> Don't answer the phone. It's going to be my a ringtone. Yeah, great. It's, it's a keeper. Uh- Okay. All right. I'll just make sure my kids will be home in the next little while. Uh, don't answer Dad's phone if it's if it's lying around. Please don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That, the, that, the bottom line is I'm safe and happy. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Gord. Okay. Bye, fellas. All right. Oh, what okay. a beauty. Practice getting underway, and uh, well, I guess we'll see if Cam Talbot emerges. But uh, there are two goaltenders getting ready for practice, and uh, Talbot's not one of them yet. So we'll see. Uh, One twenty-three. Take it to two o'clock on In the Box on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, 128. Thanks to Gord Wilson joining us in our last segment. Since practice uh, about to get underway in Seattle. So we'll start to, uh, we'll bring you the updates as uh, we get them. Get a little sound later on. Maybe not in time for this show, but certainly uh, stick around. AJ and Lee and Maddie will have uh, the updates for you coming up early in the drive. He right here on TSN 1200. Uh, let's give away some more tickets, fellas. 12-1200, standard text message rate supply. Um, and um, as always, we need your first and last name and your email address in the text message. Make it easy for our man, Kenny, all right? First and last name 
and your email in the text message and the correct answer to the question. And we like to make it fairly easy. So what's on the line? we got a four-pack of tickets to go see the Ottawa Senators and the Philadelphia Flyers for the game coming up on March 30th. If you want to go to the game yourself, you can go to Ticketmaster.ca, but we'll give you a four-pack right now. If you can answer this, I think, fairly easy skill-testing question. Name me the former player who has been the head of the Sens alumni and the Flyers alumni at different points in time. Former player has been the Sens of uh, the Sens, the head of the Sens alumni and the Flyers alumni association at different points in time. Just give me the name of that player. Twelve twelve hundred with all those other details to Kenny, Mark, one thirty three. We'll cut it off there, and Kenny will go through the correct answers, and uh, we'll slide you a four-pack of tickets, whoever Kenny selects with that correct answer, to go to that game four-pack for the Flyers and Zens coming up on March the 30th here. Why do you think Gord is in such a great mood, Creature? What happened here? Over-caffeinated? Lots of, lots of Starbucks? Uh, I, I was thinking beverage, but not that type. Okay. Well, hey, listen, he's a professional. He's working today. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I... <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was the off day. Maybe he just needed to recharge the batteries with an off day yesterday. It's 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 a grind of a season. A lot of travel. Lots of, even when the Sens aren't playing, they're practicing, and he's setting up shop at the rink and rec- recording interviews. Maybe he just needed a day for Gord. And who knows what that could have included. <laughs> a number of options there. When you put it that way, you know what? He needed a day for Gord. What would that day look like? What's a day for Gord? I think we have to go to the podcast format to be able to yeah. uh, dive into that, that one. That sounds like, you know what, that 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 sounds like a feature. You know, did you see that uh, Netflix renewed Full Swing? I did. Yeah. And also, what's the name of the tennis one? I want to watch the tennis one. I haven't watched it yet. Open Court? Open Court, I think. It seems like that's... We we need we need cameras like that on a road trip to follow Gord around. I'd watch that. Hundred percent, I'd watch that. Yeah, I'd I'd watch that too. I'd be, I'd be in. Yes, that'd be must see streaming for me. All right, so we'll we'll get some uh, updates on that as the uh, the hour unfolds. As we're uh, quickly running out of show here, we'll get back to some of your text messages at uh, twelve twelve hundred. Yeah, I made it pretty easy. There's a ton of correct answers. A ton of correct answers. This will not be difficult at all to give away those tickets here. Um, back to our kind of um, our web poll question of the day based on the on shoulder injuries, right? And, of course, this came, this idea of this morning, to throw that up there, came on the, the news that Tyler Boucher is, uh, unfortunately, season's over uh, with the 67s. And they just we just had the discussion about... Um, Shoulder injuries, injury situations in general. This one comes in. Afternoon, guys. Obviously, it's always the athlete's choice on whether or not to have surgery. However, in regards to younger, less mature, perhaps over-eager players, I wonder how much cherry-picking and selective hearing occurs on their end when offered options. Not being privy to the discussions, I obviously can't say, but I suspect the choice to go rehab route versus surgery uh, is never quite as cut and dried as uh, made out to the media, and no GM or coach is going to throw the player under the bus by uh, taking the non-surgical option, regardless of their own opinions on which choice offers the best chance for a successful outcome. 
Well, yeah, I, but I think the first part, you nailed it. It's, it, it's always the athlete's choice. Now, where it can get a little dicey, we saw this play out with Jack Eichel. The, everybody agreed surgery was needed, but he wanted a certain type of surgery as opposed to what the team doctors had recommended, and that contributed to the divorce, basically, and why a big reason why Jack Eichel is now a member of the of the Vegas Golden Knights. But, yeah, it, it always comes down to you get as much information as you can, but it's it comes down to a personal decision. It's it's always in the in the hands of the player, even if they've got to fight for that right, like Jack Eichel did. But I don't know. It's it, it's an interesting discussion because, like, I think most of us, at least I'll speak for myself, whatever it is, right? If I can avoid a surgery for anything, if, if the option is given to me, hey, listen, you don't have to have this done. Do so. Do a lot of physio. Do this rehab. Whatever, um, and you can get back to 100 percent of whatever it is. I'm taking that option. I am. But what makes it an interesting discussion, and we had it earlier in the show, is if you're going through all kinds of recent data with other players that have had the similar injury, and they went through the, down the same road, and they eventually had to have the surgery anyway. Yeah, it's going to make you think twice. <laughs> of course it will. You're human about how this plays out. So anyways, Tyler Boucher, unfortunately, he's not going to play again this season. That's too bad for the player, for the 67s. And uh, hopefully, um, surgical option, it looks like that's what's happening here. Nothing official for the team yet, but it appears that's the case. Get that done. And my biggest thing, Graham, is he, now he's turning pro. So here we are in early March. Get that done as soon as you can so you can spend part of your offseason training and not just rehabbing because there's a big difference between the two. Yep. Right? And you, you, you want to put yourself in the best opportunity to be ready to go and start making strides in your development right from training camp next year. Like it's, let's be honest, highly, highly unlikely he starts in the NHL. Make sure that you're you're ready to go and uh, head to Belleville and uh, have a good start to your pro career. So if there's kind of a silver lining that it's happening in early March, I guess that's it for me. Get it done so maybe you can spend a little bit of your your summer actually training and not just rehabbing from a surgery. Yeah, and not only that, just, um, just have it out of your mind. Like, it's still going to be there because in, until you get those reps, you're not sure how it's going to feel and – and you're probably going to be cautious of it, but just the rehab route, and we've seen it happen with with Boucher, with with Norris, with Pinto last year. Um, if he puts in that good summer, and then and then that's a question mark over his head. Is this going to happen again um, early into the season and, and derail another year? Um, if he opts for the the surgery route, then you could kind of put that a little bit behind you, and and then just focus on on getting back to uh, to full health and. And hopefully having a great camp and great start to year, whether it starts in Ottawa or not, just uh, um, make sure you play a full year next year. Get get those games in, so you're not uh, looking at like another twenty game season, uh, and you can continue developing to to where you want to uh, the goals you want to achieve. Kenny, I there's correct answers all over our text feed. Have you selected one? Yeah, I have. Yes, yes. Okay, 
I Are did. you ready to congratulate somebody, Kenny? Yeah, there is a lot of right answers. There's a lot of people to go through here. Okay. Uh, very popular uh, uh-huh. former Ottawa. Uh, Greg you're is st- our winner. You're stalling. I was, Greg? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. And if there's more than one Greg, it, Greg, it's going to be the one that, that gets contacted by Kenny. I've already contacted okay, yeah. Greg. Uh, okay, Greg knows. Okay. Yeah, Greg Congratulations, knows. Congratulations, Greg. Marshy. Our old buddy, Brad Marsh, was such a, a huge part of the Sens alumni. Uh, but uh, he and his wife moved back to the Philadelphia area. And now he's uh, fully entrenched in the uh, the Flyers alumni these days. And uh, for years, it was the place to go, right? It was before, you know, it had built up at least somewhat close to the rink the way it has now. You want to go for a drink after the game, you went to Marshy's. And on um, the thing I loved about going to Marshy's back in the day, um, because, you know, after after a hockey game, the place is packed. It's the odd time, Graham. I know this would surprise you. Maybe uh, if things could get a little out of hand, you know, maybe uh, some gentleman might have overserved himself at the hockey game and um, could be cheering for another team as opposed to the Sens or, or for whatever reason. And Marshy was, he did everything. It was his place. He'd help tend the bar if that needed. He'd, he'd, he'd serve food if that needed. And the most impressive part is this man had the biggest hands I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I, I got a front row seat to watch it. I wasn't involved on a few occasions, but yeah. close enough, I'm like, I'm close enough, I'm like, yeah, those guys better calm down because I can see Marshy on the other side of the room and he's coming, and they don't want him to arrive and break this up for them. And it was funny how, to use one of Yorkie's favorite sayings, guys to start looking for quarters pretty quick. <laughs> when Brad, when Brad Marsh should walk over and decide, uh, yeah, not my place, guys. This isn't going to happen. And all of a sudden, problem solved. It's funny how that works. Yeah, I could see that happening. I got to meet meet Brad uh, Brad Marsh in when I was in college at Algonquin, and Brad is the reason. Why I got to go cover the 2004 Fred Page Cup with the Nepean Raiders led by, uh, oh, why? Oh, You're gapping on names. I am. I am. I really am. Uh, and I should, shouldn't be. But uh, 2004 Nepean Raiders going to the uh, Fred Page Cup in Valleyfield, Quebec. Brad gave us $500 at the college radio station for from the restaurant from yeah. the restaurant to sponsor the event. And to go down and cover it, and I went down, and that was uh, quite the quite the time. And Chris Byrne, I don't know why I was gapping on Chris Byrne. Oh, Byrne, yeah, okay. Byrne's yeah. The, uh, he was. Yeah, that's where he came from. That's where he came from with the Nepean Raiders, and then went on to the Ottawa 67s assistant coach to head coach, and now I believe still with the LA Kings in a scouting role. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brad Marsh is the reason why I was able to go and uh, have a, a wonderful time in lovely Valleyfield, Quebec. Marcy's one of those guys that I put Al Sharon in this category as well. They want to shake your hand. Your hand just disappears. <laughs> it's it, it's like you're shaking hand like a, you know, it's it's a child like a and, and I'm the child. It's like yep, yep. Louis, so mental I'm, jot note. He's fist bump next time. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I'm not even gonna. Yeah, it's uh, that's the way that goes. So there you go. There was an easy one, and we're giving we gave them away. We'll do it again tomorrow. Actu- it's a sense flyers tickets for the thirtieth. I actually saw a tail end of a dust up at that same location uh, earlier this year. But it, well, within the last couple of weeks, whenever the last afternoon weekend game was, um, 
actually was involving it was a fight between people at the bar and security mm-hmm. at the bar. I was going to meet meet up with a couple of people after the game. It was an afternoon tilt, and uh, as I'm walking through the hallways uh, around the 100s, there's like four security guards just booking it. And of course, I, you have to when you're inside, you have to go after the game. You have to go outside to get into uh, Burt's, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I. Saw the tail end of it, saw some video. So, to your point, <laughs> yes, I, I don't think that's the only time that uh, that kind of stuff happens after the game. Um, this one comes in. I used to do security in college at the CTC when Marcy's was there. He was always shaking our hands and thanking everyone. Great guy. Absolutely. He was. Great, that was, uh, it was a great spot. Yep, and uh, and it ran a great spot. And then I he... Uh, it was well. He opened it because of the 2005 lockout. He took over the old Don Cherry's location at Center Point for a while. Marshy's two, which I think is an oak right now. I believe. Yeah, uh, we uh, when when I was in college, we had our sports show meeting there to decide what our the the show name would be for the the, the evening sports shows on uh, CKDJ uh, at Marshy's. And, and he had TVs there. in the booths there too. Yeah. I said, hey, oh yeah. There we go. That, yeah, you just skip over from campus there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Right there. No problem at all. All right. See, any any excuse to talk about a good guy? That's why I thought, you know what? Let's tell some Marshy stories. Let's let's make the trivia of Brad Marsh. And there you go. So uh, congratulations to Greg. Four pack of tickets to go see the Sens and Flyers on uh, March 30th. And we'll do it again tomorrow. We'll take uh, one final in-show break with one final segment straight ahead. Then we'll hand it off. To AJ, to Lee, to Maddie. It's a drive coming your way at two. Eric Marcamello is back for another edition of Offside this evening. And uh, we'll start to get some information maybe trickling in here from uh, Sens practice. There'll be some sound later on uh, that you'll be able to hear some of that on the drive as uh, the Sens are on the practice ice in Seattle preparing for tomorrow night's game against the Kraken. Kraken have won five in a row. Sens are trying to rebound after they had won five in a row with the ugly loss in Chicago. We'll have it for you tonight or tomorrow night on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. Welcome back to it. Final segment of In the Box here on this uh, midweek Wednesday. Game day tomorrow. Sends are in Seattle to take on the Kraken. Practice about to get underway. In Seattle, keep an eye on the TSN 1200 Twitter feed. Dean will be updating that at TSN 1200. Gord will talk to the coach and a few players and pass that on. You'll hear some of that, some updates coming up on the drive this afternoon, which starts uh, in a few minutes from now with uh, Libras AJJ Jackie Beck and Matt Conesvita. Still time for you to chime in, if you so choose, at uh, 121200. More Marshies. Marshies, too. Uh, I took uh, an alarm there years ago. Police patrol officer at the time. Brad uh, showed up himself instead of some manager or staff. Don't really recall if it was a break-in or a false alarm, but I do remember thinking as we cleared the place, I'm not sure who the bad guy uh, would want to find him first. Yeah, there you go. The other thing, what was it? Yeah, it was Renfrew. When the Sens were the year one team, the Brad Marsh fan club was a thing at the Civic Center. Every game, lots of signs, and it was uh, it was a group that would come down from Renfrew to be uh, to, to watch games, and they they started the first player fan club in franchise history, and it was the Brad Marsh fan club. 
based out of the fine town of Renfrew. Look at this. There's even more coming in. I'll roll with it. I work with Brad. Great guy. Definitely uh, have a couple of funny stories. Definitely missed. He took a bunch of us to Philly on a Greyhound way back in 2003, maybe. Donnie Brennan was there. So was Bruce G. He was working in the kitchen one night, and I asked him to set me up with some wings to go at the end of my shift. I get home, open up the wings. I'm starving. There's a box of nuts and bolts in there. Man, he laughed so hard. He was probably enjoying his first wing of the pound and told me thanks for buying him wings. LOL. There you go. What else we got? <laughs> I'm getting to the stage where I got to be. I got. I got to be careful. Now the stories are starting to get to the point you got to proofread before before you just read them cold here. Uh, once you start to go down that. Oh man, was that Marcotte reading the text? Yes, no, <laughs> I was reading with typos. Yes, that's it. That's exactly creature could see it as well. Yeah, you know, I was reading it as it came in. I was re- there were typos, so I just read through the typos. Oh man, we had a bunch of those on Monday night, and and like it's after a, a Sens game and after a loss, and especially that one, right? Like everyone's the vibes are so high, everyone's starting to think, okay, this team might be able to lock down a playoff spot, and then they lose like that. So you get a ton of texts. I I don't have time to to proofread them because I'm I'm talking with CJ or I'm listening to phone callers or whatever I'm doing. And and there was a, there was a bunch that night with with some spelling errors or words that were actual words but they were like auto corrected to an incorrect word for the sentence and it's just like I'm reading these and I'm like oh my god like if se- uh, people listening to this like yeah I'm I'm stumbling I've... all over the place but it's yeah it's just trying to clean up the and and the one that you just did was like that but I I will admit that that's a great text that's from a, from Josh. That's a... That 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 was the absolute. I, I I did it burgundy style. That's the way it. Well, the way how, it was that's written. how you have to do it sometimes, especially the longer ones, right? Like, yep. you can't yep. proofread it while you're on the air communicating with somebody and then go back to it. It's uh, sometimes far you just be read it from like me. That. Sorry, far be it from me. I am not going to rip on because listen, I know whoever sent that in, right? I I know you're not an idiot. It's a typo. Yeah. It happens. I. I am the worst for that. I my typos. I, I'll leave little words out for whatever reason in text messages, sometimes in tweets. It's like, yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah, it happens. So I'm not ripping on you. It happens, but that's what I did. I just I just read it as it came in there. And then the and uh, I love I do love the voice to text ones though because though they just get completely not even close to what the the person's trying to say, especially when you're dealing with like NHL names, uh, European names or something, and you'll you'll get a sentence where it's like what. But then you read it anyways, and it's fun. Uh, all right. So good text, though, Josh. Can, <laughs> thank you, Josh. Uh, I can always count on Josh here. Um, got some line combinations set in from Dean there at TSN go. 1200 at practice. All right. So this is what it looks like. Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux, DeBrinket, Pinto, Batherson, Joseph, Gambrell, Patrick Brown on the right side, Kelly, Castellick, Watson, Brassard, and Goche skating as the extras at the uh, start of practice today. So we could see um, kind of the forgotten guy picked up ahead of the deadline, right? Patrick Brown, uh, veteran that uh, played quite a few playoff games with Vegas a few years ago uh, in the playoffs, and they got him in a, in a softer deal uh, just before uh, the deadline to provide a little depth, and um, maybe he makes his uh, his debut for the, with the Sens tomorrow night. He's going to take a practice uh, third-line right wing. Uh, here this afternoon in Seattle. Uh, on the blue line, Shabbat, Zub, 
Sanderson, Hamannick, Chikrin, Holden, Branstrom uh, skating as the extra. And at this point in time, I don't see an update from Dean. Oh, I just came in. Talbot not on the ice. Okay. There. We got all the information I think we were looking for. So Talbot's not practicing, and and that's what the uh, the combinations and the D pairings look like, at least to start practice in Seattle. So next up, uh, DJ Smith will speak afterwards. Gord will have that. He'll fire that back to the station. And then uh, AJ and Lee will have that on Cam Talbot. And I, I, I certainly hope for for the Sen's sake, for the team's sake, it would be disappointing if this is a somewhat significant injury for Talbot because the games matter here, right? Like it's – the games have not mattered this much in a, in a long time at this time of year. So hopefully – for the group's sake, that it's whatever is ailing Cam Talbot, it is of the minor variety, because it'd be an absolute shame if you're without your only veteran goaltender, because Forsberg's not coming back. As you're you're legitimately trying to make the playoffs here, like this this isn't about oh let's get some experience. It's nice, nice. They're gonna get some meaningful game experience. We know that now. That's that's great, but this is about making the playoffs. Everybody in that. This, They'll be disappointed, which is good. Pushes on. If you don't make it, how do you think Brady's going to feel about that? With how he wears it on his sleeve. <laughs> you, nobody's going to want to hear, oh, we got good experience. No, you've put yourself in this position. Now it's time to make the playoffs. That's that's the mentality. And, and, and hopefully for their sake, they, they have a veteran goalie that they can play to help them with that. And part of the reason they're in this situation at the moment um, not the positive part of it, the negative part of it is because of their start once again. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, it's definitely progression, and it's nice that we're finally having mentioning playoff talk in, in, in when we're in regards to uh, discussing this team and where they're at, um, whether you believe they can do it or not. Um, it's just great to be here. But, yeah, no, they, they want to get in. And I know Ian Mendez asked Pierre Dorian uh, on trade deadline day, did you, did you consider – uh, looking for goaltending depth just because of the situation you're in uh, in terms of hunting down a spot and uh, with Forsberg uh, out no longer available the rest of the year. Um, and, and now, as as good as Sogard has looked throughout uh, most of his, his small sample size that we've seen, uh, another injury away or, or like, like this weekend, the back-to-back, Mandelisi, small sample size as well. Look at, what was it, the third goal the other night where uh, the player ran into Sogard's head and it's if he's gone, then then what? So yeah, no, it's you really got to hope that that Talbot uh, isn't out too long, just so that you have that veteran presence back there.